Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, questions and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. I am joined by June Williams. Good morning. And Jeremy Bratitich. Punctual as always. Punctual as ever. <laughs> we totally haven't pushed back our recording time by two and a half hours. An hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, how is everyone this morning? You know morning? what's the fucked thing? You know what's the most fucked thing? What? I was like awake at like eight <laughs> and what? like up and doing stuff. You went and back then I was to like, sleep? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I fell back asleep. Oh, wow. That is, that's, that's the up. worst thing. Cause yeah, we were, we were, we were aiming to start at nine and then I got pushed to 10 and then I wasn't even awake throughout the time that I got pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Um, we out here. This is the... We are on the cusp of the next generation of gaming consoles. It's a, it's a really weird time, I feel, at the moment. It's sort of... Um, it's a time where press are getting... Uh, press who aren't us. Because, you, you know, we're... I don't know. Alternative, I guess. <laughs> Slash. Yeah, tiny. that's us. <laughs> um, big, big video games don't like our 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 crazy crazy coverage. Exactly, exactly. We're too we're too outside of the the squircle for them. Um, so, press are getting advanced copies, preview copies of all of the new consoles: the Xbox Series S and X, and the PS Five. Uh, we don't have those. Uh, we don't have new games. <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of news. Hey, I got a new game today. It showed up at my door, like, ten minutes ago. Yeah, you got a, you got a new game. Uh, do you want to talk about Watch Dogs Legion today, Jeremy? What are your impressions? Yeah, it's got a, it's got a sticker on it that says PS5 upgrade available. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's been Watch Dogs Legions. <laughs> Never yeah. to be spoken of again. Um, so, yeah, my point is that uh, we're sort of in this weird, like, in-betweeny time. The in two weeks from now, when we record the next one, will be Jeremy will have his Xbox. Will be one day yes. before the PlayStation. Um, so we'll be even like we'll just be like on the fence of next gen at that point, still lacking uh, uh, impressions. I, I I blanked on that impressions. Um, Point being I don't think I'll have any Xbox Series X games when that console comes out. You won't. I don't think I will. I don't know what I... Not Watch Dogs Legion. Maybe no, maybe I'll get Assassin's Creed. I don't know. Does that game come out when the console comes out? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, then then yeah, I'll probably get that on Xbox. Right, sounds good, Looks buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to your uh, impressions of Assassin's Creed. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to be like, yeah, these old Xbox One games still look really good. Viva <laughs> <laughs> Pinata still great. Hey, that's, that's been the only <laughs> Xbox series coverage so far is that's all of the these thing. old games look amazing. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, point being, so uh, we'll record our like sort of whatever we have available to us impressions at the time, but we still won't have PS5 impressions in two weeks. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a uh, like a next gen specific uh, stopgap podcast so sort of like five days later maybe like once we've had the weekend with it we'll record that put that up that'll just be purely focused on our impressions of it of the new games that we've been able to play and stuff like that um, 
So it's a bit of a weird time. For the moment, this is kind of your regularly scheduled programming, even although probably everything on everyone's game feeds right now is unboxings and game previews and reviews for new games and just all sorts of wild stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll you, it's okay. You got run of the mill minimap for a little while longer and then, uh, and then we'll be, um, I guess still run of the mill just with new stuff. <laughs> um, who wants to go you gonna first do an unboxing this week? Carry? Pardon? You going to do an unboxing carry? I might. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I, I like the idea of streaming, playing Spider-Man on PS4, like like Spider-Man, your 2018 Spider-Man on PS4, playing 2018 Spider-Man on PS5, and then playing Miles on PS5, and sort of streaming all of those and showing the differences. And then I remembered that, like, transcoding isn't always an option, so people can't always choose the quality on my stream, which means I can't have, like, a 1080p60 high bitrate source, because then a lot of people won't be able to watch it. And then, so then I have to lower the quality and then there's no point doing the graphics comparison. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I like the idea of doing that. So we'll see. What are you going to do with all your new text, Jeremy? What are you going to do with your stuff? Just find a fucking place to put it. That's, that's the first thing. <laughs> find a one kilometer squared piece of area in my house to put these gigantic chunky boxes. The photos of the, of the PS5 fitting into people's entertainment units. Like fitting like <laughs> like yeah. just barely squeezing in is pretty funny i'm glad i can live vicariously through both of you at least <laughs> that's something <laughs> yeah i'm 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 looking forward to it i'm it's a it's a weird time I, I, someone someone asked if i'd had a launch console before and it was like i got a wee like third shipment or something for christmas but it was like three months after Christmas because it wasn't available for months. Um, and then I got a Nintendo DS day one, but I was also nine. So like, <laughs> it's not like I knew any of the discourse or anything. I just got to play Super Mario 64 DS. Those mini games are great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I am I am with you on that. Uh, um, Jeremy, tell us about tell us about what you've been playing. Take us away. So Mario Kart Live came out, which is a Mario Kart game, but instead of you playing in the virtual world, you have a physical Mario in a physical car driving around your physical house and you build a track <laughs> with cardboard. <laughs> and it is one of the coolest things. It is so, so neat. Um, it is like... So the way it works is uh, you set up like the, the tracks with the, it comes with like cardboard barriers basically and it comes with four of them and you put them around your house and the Mario Kart that you drive around that connects Bluetooth to your Switch has a camera on it that is feeding a live feed to the Switch and the camera also detects where the track uh, where the gates are by like some QR code wizardry um yeah it and like recognizes the symbols on the gates right yeah, yeah, and it, and then you drive around, you build your track, you can do loops, and you can do, like, uh, that's about it. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can't do, like, up and down, because it's, like, a, it's a remote control car. Um, you can do circles and lines. Um, um, and then you race, and then it overlays, like, Mario driving over the screen, and, um, like, enemies, and boxes and obstacles and it's really really sick um 
how long can the track be? Uh, like it's just like as long as it's within distance. I don't know if there's like a, a a limit. I don't know. I didn't I didn't reach the limit of it. Um, uh, so the way my house is set up is quite good. There's like hallways into different rooms that wrap around. So like my living room, my hallway, my kitchen, and my dining room are all uh, like a, a circuit. Um, and there's like a there's a load bearing wall in the middle of it. So I just set the track all the way around that. Um, and just, just driving around my house <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, and it was really, really cool. One, because the perspective, you don't realize how odd it is to have the perspective of your house be like so, so low to the ground. It's like um, the, everything's huge. The point of view of the mouse in Ratatouille or something. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm driving around as like Ant Man. Like everything looks giant, um, and uh, the the choosing different courses affects what different obstacles and the way the gates work and where um, different boxes are. So like it and it, it, they do honestly change it enough that it feels different playing the same circuit on a different. Tr- on a different course inside the game. Because obviously if you want to play a different track, you have to physically get up and then build a different track. Um, Ugh. It, it it does get a little bit like a little bit repetitive doing the same track over and over again. And so like then your creative creativity comes into it of like, okay, well what if I make myself go down this way and I put like a bucket in the middle of the hallway so I've got to drive around the bucket and then I gotta do this and that and that and that. And that. Um but it's really cool. It is like really, really sick. I did not expect to be into it as much as I am. Yeah. And my house did not expect to be into it as much as as much as they are. So my housemate bought the Luigi one, <laughs> um, and you can race two player with two different cars, um, which is you really can do cool. Four and player. like, like, can you do four player? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know you could do that. Um, I have four housemates. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, four people in the house rather. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really really neat. Um, all the power ups like work as well. Like you go faster when you hit the hit the mushrooms, and when you get like hit by a shell, your car stops in the middle of the track and then goes again. Um, the acceleration on the track feels really good too. Like you're not like slowly building up speed. You like reach top speed really quick, so it feels snappy. And the turning is super tight as well. Um, it is really really cool. I have it here. Hang on. It's oh. like a really well-made car too. Like it, it, it's like amiibo level quality. Like it's, it is a good weight. It's really durable, um, and it looks really good too. Like it looks like a cool thing that I can just have in my bookcase with all my other like collectibles. Um, two big thumbs up for Mario Kart uh, uh, Live, um, which I was not expecting to be as positive on it as I currently am. <laughs> what does Tofu the cat and Winnie the dog think of so Mario Kart Winnie Live. the dog is too big to be near. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want my toy to be chewed and broken um, immediately. Uh, however, Tofu the cat fucking hates this thing. <laughs> and so it is fun because the whenever the car drives around the corner, um, Tofu goes, I don't know where the car went. I better go chase it. <laughs> and so starts to chase the car. And because I have a live feed of what's going on all the time, I like, I'm like sitting in my living room while the car's in the in the hallway, which I definitely cannot see. Um, 
and I stop the car and I turn around knowing where the cat is and I just see the cat at the end of the hallway and I just floor it at the cat and the cat just runs and I'm chasing the cat around the loop of the circuit. It's so funny. She has no idea what to think about that fucking thing. It's, That's cool. It is excellent. If you have a cat and you enjoy Mario Kart, you must get this thing just to fuck with it because it's so funny. It is don't, so, so funny. Don't stress out your cats, everyone, within reason. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, man, if you if you want tofu to get stressed out and pee on your bed, that's your own problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, big fan. Going to be a perfect Christmas present. Uh, no, it's cool that um that tofu chases the cart and then you can t- chase tofu. Like That, that kind of like mm-hmm. one one way and then the other is, is good fun. Um. And yeah, like the it's the kind of thing that sounds like cart a cart routine. Amazing. Pardon? The old cat and cart routine. <laughs> exactly. I had, I had a, oh, what was it? It was, it was a Diddy Kong racing remote control car. Mm. But I think it was just like the boss. I just got the, the, like the, the random pig boss on a rocket remote control car. So I didn't really like that thing that much because it wasn't Diddy Cog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. And I remember that thing just being like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> this sounds like a, a much better alternative in the modern era for a young child. Yeah. Like having the live feed stream directly to the Switch is honestly like really sick. Like it is like it's a it's a pretty high definition feed um, and it the latency on it is like really, really, really tight. Um, so it like, yeah, like it. It's wild that what Nintendo can do with their console that wasn't designed to do this. Yeah. How many times are you going to play it? I'll play it at least one more time um, with with my housemates. One. Um, I don't know, like the thing is, it's it's sort of like VR in the form of you have to set it up before you mm-hmm. want to play it, um, and that is like some of it a hassle. But I feel like like when either of you come over to my house, I will set it up to play with. Um, and that's like enough, like it's, it's, it's a good, like, like the price point is low enough. I think it's like 120 bucks. Um, the price point is low enough that I can justify buying it to only get out when people come over to play it and have fun with it. I can see how it would be good for kids. Cause I feel like it would just be constantly out. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing. You don't have to set up the gates if you just want to drive around your house and have the feed sent to your Switch. You can just walk around your house driving it mm. as like a free drive mode and that like is, an, is fun in itself. Cool. Um, so. Great. What else have you been doing? Hmm. Uh, I've been playing Disc Room. What's uh, the pitch? So <laughs> what I got pitched is not what the game actually is, only because I misinterpreted what the trailer was. Um... I thought the trailer was a like a like a bullet hell style like avoidance game, which was a roguelike, um, where you go from room to room and you have different power ups, avoiding discs on a two D plane, um, running and dashing. Uh, that is not what the game is. Um, what the game is is still extraordinarily good. Um, it is a level based game where you have to go from room to room, avoiding discs. Um, still similar to bullet hell, and there's like a timer, um, and different discs will spin at you and uh, they have different mechanics. Each disc is like sort of uh, telegraphed in a way so you can memorize what they're doing and you have to keep those in mind as you're dashing around this room. Um, Except uh, it's level based. So there's like objectives in each levels and there's like a, there's a grid map that slowly 
grows out as you go along um, and you have to complete different objectives to unlock different doors to go in different rooms to then try different levels. Um, it's really, really cool. It is a game that I think is strikes a good balance between a fun game I can play to beat the levels and a fun game I can do to beat my own high score. Oh. Um, because the, like the time is the, like the timer is a large part of the game and there's there's also two more times when you lose the level to let you know what also what scores you can also beat one of those is the developer's score um which is funny and i think the other one is the publisher's score um, oh right which is also funny i think it, i think it's a devolver game um which is why they would probably put that in there because devolver are like a, a game game focused publisher um but it's uh, it's all like it's one of those games where like they've obviously put a lot of thought into it. When whenever you die, you always know exactly why you died. There's no ah, oh, I was stuck and there was nothing I could do. There's always something you could have done, and they always always show you what you got wrong or what disc you um what what disc you were killed by. Um, it it's a very very intelligently designed game. Um. That's all like super simple with like it's super clean. Um, it's a really, really tight feeling game. Um, there's different power ups. I've got dash and I've also got a uh, a slow down time power up as well. Um, which was cool because there was a, there's there's one there's one level puzzle which uh, I had to genuinely think about, which was die with zero seconds on the timer. And I was like, okay, so the moment I start, I need to dash into a a disc can die immediately and I tried that over and over again and I, I was getting my timer down to like 0.25 seconds and it wasn't working and I was like why how do I do this I'm not on a disc when I spawn and then I realized I have to use the slow down timer one run over to a disc and then uh, make sure that I just use use that ability immediately um, while the time is still on zero mm-hmm. and then die um, so it's not always wait until like the the objectives aren't always get to 60 seconds get to 20 seconds or whatever sometimes the objectives are to get to this door you need to be killed by 13 different types of discs so you then need to go back into other levels find a disc you might not have been killed by make sure you get killed by it and then go back to that level and that door will open is that Um, a frustrating experience like is the backtracking like cumbersome or annoying no it's 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 super simple um uh, like the levels are instant right so like you go into it you play it immediately and you can just find the disc that you need to die by and then do it and like and it'll take like three seconds um it's like it is it's 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 a super snappy game it's super lightweight on like loading times and all that stuff like similar to like super meat boy was um like if you die start again immediately you die start again immediately you die start again immediately um which is what you'd want in a game like this, which is all about dying and repetition and learning the path and learning the best route through a level. So, um, yeah, it's super, super sick, sick, super, super sick. Great. Um, how much is it? I don't remember. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for it and going, I'm going to buy that game when it came out. And then it came out and I bought it and I didn't think about it. Um, disc room is $21 and 50 cents Australian. Cool. Worth it? Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. It's it's made by... Um, uh, one of the developers is Jan from Valambia. Yeah, JW. Um, yeah, and Minute. So, 
Um, I'm not sure who the other developers are. I just don't know off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But yeah, Devolver Digital published, like, there's going to be a level of quality there. Do you guys hear that they're closing Vlambeer? I mean, close, like, they're, they're ending as, like, a... Like, they've, they've packed it up. That's yeah. Ten years. Yeah. They haven't made a game in, like, five. <laughs> Are they releasing a game as they close? Oh, Isn't I don't one know. more game coming out? I, did, I hadn't heard that. I could be wrong. Um, I thought I read that on Twitter, but... Uh, yeah, uh, and also fin- fin- finish off your finish off your playthrough here. Finish off, finish Speaking off your round. of sick games, Doom Eternal expansion came out. <laughs> um, <And>? It is... <laughs> it fucks. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very, very, very rarely does a, does a, a DLC expansion come out that fucks as much as the, the main game. Um, but holy shit, um, it is super sick. Um, How much does it add? A lot. It, it's like a it's like a proper expansion, and it's only part one. Um, it's not cheap. I think it was like forty bucks. Um, but it That's is like it one? is a yes. Whoa! Like it, it is like a classic video game expansion, um, uh, which introduces like an entire like secondary campaign, um, like fully cutscenes, like voiced all that stuff. Um, I guess it has so, been seven months since it came out. I guess that makes hmm. sense. And like, and it it feels so welcome in this game. Like, it it makes me th- hope that Wolfenstein Three, instead of doing the awkward spin off they always do in between the numbered games, they actually just make expansions for the main game. Mm. Um. Mm. Uh. But yeah, so Doom Eternal: The Old Gods Part One. Um. That's what it's called, right? The Old Gods Part One. Uh. The Ancient Gods Part One. Sorry. Um. I knew it didn't sound right. Um, the old deities, the old uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, um, old mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's set after the campaign of Doom Eternal, um, and does my favorite thing that a campaign that a expansion can do, which is pick you off mechan- pick you up mechanically right after the game ends. So you already have all the weapons you have through Doom Eternal. You already have all the abilities. Dashing, jumping, all that shit. You already have it from the beginning of the campaign. And it's so it it's it does a really great job of making you feel right at home. Um with just how like baller everything is in that fucking video game. Um the 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 basic plot is you're finding out who basically what deity created you. Um, well, like not created you, but caused you to be into to come into being. You're the like the reason the Doom Slayer exists is um, some ancient being uh, provided you with this Doom Slaying power. The Doom Slayer um, origin story we all wanted. <laughs> kind of, but it's like, but it's also kind of not. Like, it's still Doom Eternal in the way that like it'll tell you the story, but like for the most part, your your character itself, the Doom Slayer, is still rejecting the story. Um, in a way that's still really enjoyable. Um, Doom Eternal did it a lot, like honestly, even more than the first game. Because the first game is like, here's a story and Doom, and Doom guy's just like whacking shit and 
you know, ignoring everything and not listening to everybody. But they, they double down on that and do maternal in a fun way where there are a lot of gods that come up to you and be like, this is the way the prophecy is foretold. And he'll literally just like not do what the, what, what these gods are telling him is foretold. Um, and it's really fun. Like it's super fun. Like it's really dumb, obviously, but it's super, it's super sick to see a, um, a rejection of that story. Um, and uh, like, who knows where the story will go? Like this is, this is the way the prophecy was always going to happen. Like, I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't really care if they do that or not, because it doesn't really matter because it's still fun all the way through anyway. Um, there's the, the, they've introduced the two kind of characters as well. Um, one is like a supervisor, and the other one is like in the subtitles, he's credited as intern. And the supervisor is the one basically telling Doom Guy, like, no, 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 we can't do this. You have to do this first because this is the way everything has happened. And intern is like, portal's ready for you, Doom Slayer. <laughs> um, and Doom Guy is just like, going through the portal because that like the intern is actually doing what the doomslayer wants and not what the supervisor wants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's very silly and tongue in cheek. Um, but it like the, the best part about the expansion is like the locations are so cool. Like the, they're so varied and they're so like bright and vibrant, just like doom eternal. They are like, they have made, I'm now playing concept art for old school shooters, <laughs> which rules. It is so sick. It's so stylized. It's so impossible. Like these impossible buildings and formations and structures and everything. Um, You're making a good sell, buddy. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy VII are so close on my on my games of the year list. Wow. Um, these expand like the expansions honestly might bump it up in terms of like there's even more for me to do. Um, the, like the gunplay is the same as Doom Eternal like it's still super sick it's like everything is super crisp and super tight you already have an upgrade for each weapon you already have every weapon you already have your grenades um, and the game just does like a, a pretty it's, it's honestly pretty hard like I'm playing on a hard difficulty but like the expansion picks up where the end of the game left off and so the game is already pretty tricky and but they still have to do a, a quick reintroduce of all the enemies mm. But they do a lot of them at once and they're like, yeah, remember this guy, remember this guy, remember this guy? You'll figure out how to defeat them. And then you do. Then they show you two of the Marauders. Um, June, I don't know if you got up to the Marauders in Doom Eternal. They're like the skeleton dudes with the axes and the dogs and the shotguns. No. Are they okay, the ones that everyone were calling, was that the discourse was that these are the bullshit? Yeah. Um, they are still a bit bullshit. Uh, only because they are a little bit antithetical to the rest of the game. Um, the entire game is about going fast, shooting, moving, shooting, moving, and then doing the loop of like flamethrower to get shield damage, glory kills to get health, uh, and using the chainsaw to get ammo. Um, the marauders are not that. The marauders are you have to dodge and wait for them to open and then attack them and then wait and then dodge and then wait and then dodge and then wait and then shoot and then dodge wait dodge wait dodge wait shoot and they will kick your ass like the 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 timing on their attacks uh, is super 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 tight um 
And they also send out these bullshit dogs and the dogs are like useless, but the old lady was like attack you and just like whittle you down. And I don't think they're actually, I think they're actually like kind of, they shouldn't be in the game. Um, Cause they send out like a fire dog and you shoot the fire dog and it dies. But if you don't, it'll attack you. And like, it, it's kind of, a, it's a bit cheap. Yeah. Um, because when you get into the rhythm of like dodge, shoot, attack the marauders, it's, you can get into that rhythm and the rhythm feels good, but the rhythm is still different to the rest of the game. Um, I haven't gotten up to a point where marauders and normal enemies are in the main game at the same time. Um, but I did play some challenge rooms in Doom Eternal main campaign where that did happen. And that felt weird because there are these two conflicting loops happening at the same time. Mm. Um, however, they sure do reintroduce you marauders <clears throat> by giving you two at once, um, which was like a lot. And I'm like, oh, fuck, how do I do this again? Um, so I had to relearn that. But like it, it's it's fine. Like you you get through it. Um, I, I wouldn't feel bad about bumping down the difficulty to defeat the marauders and bumping it back up to what it was just to get through that part. Mm. Um, but oh my God, the, the the game just looks so good. There's there's an area called the Blood Swamps. <laughs> and it's like this like green, hazy, like feral swamp full of demons. And like there are these like... Ogres? N- ogres. In your no, 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 no. Like Shrek? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, they're bl- red instead of green. <laughs> Ooh, red Shrek. <laughs> when you say um, it like that. Yeah. Next pecking order person, character, please. Red Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> red. <laughs> it's like the, the, uh, the, the Instagram polls, Shrek and then Shrek in red. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's like this really like disgusting area um that's super unique to like other areas in the doom main game and uh like like in the story of doom one and doom two um so they do a really good job of showing you really varied sections um of this doom universe i guess whatever they're whatever they're sort of building Mm. um anyway (laughs) The, the the long and short of it is Doom fucks. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. I, I I think we were here 12 months ago saying this last October. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, I, fuck, that game is so cool. It's interesting the way the discourse spun out on that one because I think the, the prevailing theory was like, oh, it's, it's good. It's a good game. Or like, I might like the first one more, but this one's good. And that kind of like tempered reaction was like, oh, why would I bother? <laughs> like when I hear that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like there is a there is more of a simplicity to the loop in Doom One. Um, there's there is an extra step or two inside Doom Two's like uh, core gameplay loop. Yeah. Um, I think the mechanics are, are stronger. Um, that I I have now more variety to um, to play in Doom Eternal. Um, so I, I am of the opinion that Doom Eternal is better than Doom 2016. Um, I also think like the locations are better as well. I don't think the story is as good, but the, the, the locations are definitely better. Um, and I think the moments are stronger as well. Um, Mm. but yeah, like there, there is a simplicity that I, it does lose when it adds more mechanics. Um, uh, but there, there, for example, like there is one mechanic in Doom Eternal which I think is maybe like a little bit loose. 
it's not at all an important mechanic. It's you have a grenade that you can basically fire at or drop um, and then dash away from it. And that grenade, like the grenade just does damage, but you can swap grenades to like an ice grenade to freeze the enemies. However, every, every part of the gameplay loop of Doom Eternal has a button, which is I have the flamethrower button, I have the chainsaw button, I have the punch button, shoot, reload, change in weapons and stuff. No reload, there's no reloading. Um, the grenade button is either use the frag grenade or swap to the frost grenade. And I'm never ever swapping grenades in the game because it's just like an extra step I don't really need to think about. Mm. Um, and if your biggest like, like if your biggest issue with your mechanics is dropping a frost grenade, is sorry, is not using your frost grenade, then you've got a pretty good. Yeah. Like that's that's not a thing to be worried or concerned about. Um, it game's good. Game yeah. is good. Cool. Music is good. First Doom, uh, first oh. modern Doom without Mick Gordon soundtrack. Um, obviously I forgot that no that whole thing blew up. Mm. Um, it's tight. It is sick. Good. It is like it Just is uh, the if if this person um, I'm not sure who they are if they are doing the soundtracks for the, for Doom um, from here on out um, the franchise is in uh, good hands. Mm. Great. Excellent. I'm glad to hear you're you're, uh, you're up on it. I'm glad to hear positive words on this game after after its release. I um I was a bit concerned for it, honestly. Not that it, not that I need to be, but I was a bit like, ah, oh, that game. <laughs> um, I mean, the reviews were still like nines and tens. It's just like I think I it was they were more like eights it, and nines. It's still eights, pretty nines high. and tens. Yeah, like, that, that's still, that's high. still an eight, um, right? That's the thing. It's just like Doom. Doom had that that zeitgeist moment where it was like. Hey, Doom's good? Question mark. Where it was like, oh, this works really well, and the mechanics are tied, and it's fast paced, and it keeps the feeling of the original, and it's gorgeous, and like, like it it caught everyone off guard, and I think yeah. elevated its its reception. Um, yeah, like it it raised the bar, and it had to reach it again. Yeah, and so because it because it's hard to push the bar even further. You know, it, it's hard to push the bar as much as it did with the first iteration. Totally. Um, so. Yeah, it didn't have that everyone going, oh my God, sort of thing. Everyone's like, yeah, this is another good one. Yeah. And my, like, and I wonder what's going to happen with Breath of the Wild 2 in that regard. Because it's like Breath of the Wild was such a radical reinvention of uh, the Zelda stereotype of game, like the, Z- the Zelda archetypal structure. Um, mm. And so every- everyone's expecting, like when people talk about what they want from Pokemon games, they say, I want the Breath of the Wild treatment for Pokemon games. Mm. And they're making a Breath of the Wild sequel. Like, they can't, they can't Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild into a new Breath of the Wild. Like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, tell us about Phasmophobia, dude. Is... What? What if they made Breath of the Wild 2 2D? Oh. <laughs> Silly. Um, no. <laughs> Phasmophobia, do you want to hear about it? Yes, please. Love to. Um, so this game came out like a month ago uh, on Steam. I can't remember who develops it off the top of my head. But um, it's a game where you uh, find ghosts and find evidence for ghosts and then choose which ghosts they are. Um, so you have – it's like multiplayer up to four people, I think. And um, you have 
uh, a bunch of equipment and a house you can choose from and you have to find evidence in that house with the equipment that you have to be able to pinpoint what exact ghost it is. You also have other objectives as well to do for currency and stuff like that to buy more equipment. Um, it's fun. It's fun. I think it's very... Um, I don't know if you guys have seen much of it. I've seen lots of like silly clips. I haven't seen much of like an actual gameplay like mm. segment. It's very clunky um, and it's very... It needs. I think it needs a lot of work, to be honest. Um, it's it's frustrating in a way where like there's no you can't really run. Um, sometimes there's no like explanation about how things work. You have to look up a lot. Um, the what else? I don't know. It just feels it just feels like it needs more. Like the the um experience system like once you hit like level two and three you start unlocking better equipment and also better uh houses to get rid of ghosts in Mm -hmm. um and but the the way that you like it's leveling up is so slow that like in a night you maybe get like three four games maybe half of a half of a level and Mm -hmm. you could get to do like the same four houses over and over again um, it just gets quite repetitive. And also, so, um, the ghost, the, the spirit doesn't get uh, hostile until five minutes in and up until that point, that's really hard to get evidence when it's not doing anything. So you've just got to walk around the house and do nothing for five minutes. Um, <laughs> which kind of sucks, but maybe, maybe that is just because I haven't played it that much. I've played maybe 10 games, so I don't know. Is it in um, early access at the moment? No, it's in full release, I think. Full release, okay. Um, um, has it has it got you? As in, like, has it made me scared? Or yeah, yes, multiple times. I think I was playing with um, Cass and Jack last week, and I think it's it's better when you play it with people who are also scared. Like, mm. it just it makes it more tense, I suppose. I think also maybe maybe the clunkiness also makes it tense because like. You can't fucking open the doors properly, so you're <laughs> crying. Um, I don't know. It's it's fun. It, I think it's one of those games that changes every time you play it with a different person. Um, mm. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. If they continue to update it, I hope they do. Um, and continue to work on it, because I think it has a lot of potential to be great. Have How you... are you finding the voice mechanic? Yeah. Bad. Not good. <laughs> you don't like it? I mean, it's fun. Um, but we had a lot of issues not knowing if it was actually working. Um, uh, right. Okay. Uh, it's like, it seemed like it was, but the spirit box wasn't working in like, so you have a spirit box and you can talk to the spirit box. Um, and it has like a bunch of, it's like 30 or f- 30 or 40 things you can say to the spirit box to then the spirit will talk back to you, which is really neat. Like that's such a cool mechanic. Um, but I think all the ones that I was doing the other night, it just wasn't a spirit ghost spirit, like spirit box spirit. Like it, like just ones that don't talk to you on the spirit box. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was working or not, which is kind of frustrating. Anyway, it's good. It's fun. Fair enough. It, seemed, it, it has again. seemed to me, um, sorry, um, like from impressions of it, looking at clips and then hearing it had that voice mechanic where the ghosts respond to the the overvoice chat where it will like the ghost that you're talking to will like or like if you're talking to someone about the ghost 
the the game will recognize if you say the ghost's name and then trigger the the ghost to respond in a certain way yeah um or like if you're in if you're alone in the room like i saw a clip where someone walked up to a mirror and started saying bloody mary bloody mary bloody mary <laughs> and then something happened and they're like, ah, ah! <laughs> like and like there's there's a bunch of silly clips like that but um like it's interesting we've been playing soma for uh, the Game Club podcast, which we're recording tonight with a special guest. Um, so watch out for that one. And that's really my first proper horror experience. I played Amnesia years ago with Sam, um, but that was kind of after seeing videos of it and we didn't get very far. And um, So this is my first one. I'm powering through. I'm doing it on my own. I'm doing it on the stream. Um, and the one of the easiest ways that I uh, uh, sort of diffuse the situation and sort of relieve some of the tension that I'm that's building um is I'll talk <laughs> you know like if I'm hiding from the monster I close the door behind me and I hear it like walking around the room I'm like don't open the door knock first <laughs> like like I'm constantly just like I'm just trying to like break my own tension like I'm trying <laughs> to break my own ice so that I can find it a bit more manageable. And if, if that was used against me in, in a game like that, I think I'd be really, like, threatened. <laughs> I don't think I've noticed... I don't think... Uh, I don't think I've noticed that much if... I think... Because you have to press the button to push to talk, so I don't know if it uh, only works when you're pushing to talk or not. Oh, interesting, Because I yeah. think... Because you can use voice comms in-game as well, so that would probably be, you know, for online... When you're playing online with other people, you can do that, which is probably how it hears it that way. But I don't think I've had any issues with it hearing my other conversation, apart from when I turn push to talk on and say its name. So, yeah. but we were, were you on Discord while you were playing it? Yeah, because I think the way it's meant to be played, because there's like walkie talkies and stuff in the, yeah. in the game as well. Yeah. I think maybe that it, it might be worth going back and trying it again. Only on through the game, uh, like only mm. through the game, um, because then you have to physically talk in the game to do it. So the game will pick up all of that stuff and do the ghost managing. Mm. But also, you can get separated, and walkie talkies have like limited range. Ooh. Um, and so you can go on the other side of the house and be like, "Hello," like you know, like, "Oh, I need help! Quick, come here! Help me help with this!" And then like, no one can hear you. Um, <sighs> yeah, right. Which <laughs> it does like, such a good job of that is, like, stuff. Sounds sick. I love yeah. it. Um, um, there was I would this... very much like to play the game with you as well. <laughs> we should we should all play it. Yeah. There's this um there was this time we were in one of the farmhouses. I think it's a level three farmhouse, and like it's already like pretty spooky by itself because it's like a abandoned farmhouse from like I don't know cowboy times. It's like old creepy pictures on the walls and shit, and um and like scarecrows in the backyard, and uh, it had an attic, <laughs> and the the ghost was in the the main the front room, but. Um, I think I was under the impression that they couldn't move rooms for some reason. Like I thought that they were always going to be in the one room. Once you found that room, you set up all your equipment in that room and that would be that. But, um, this is the first time that I played it where it locked all the doors out of the house, like to get out. And Jack was outside and Cass had died. It had killed Cass. And I ran out into the hallway thinking it's fine. Like, it's fine. I'll go out the door. It'll be fine. And like, it had locked the front door and it was behind me because I could hear it breathing in my fucking ear. Oh. And, like, I couldn't get out. Like, I just was stuck. Anyway, it killed me as well. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> fucking scary. Really scary. And does, does a good job with that, I think. I don't think I've played... Has Is there any other multiplayer horror games that you can think of that... 
not that, that do this kind of stuff? Not that off the top of my head, honestly. Mm. Mm. Um, um, it's fun. It's really fun. Are you living your supernatural dreams? <laughs> supernatural and BuzzFeed unsolved dreams. Yeah, because you're, you're basically just like the fucking, the, the, the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Except the brothers don't really use spirit books. I like spirit books a lot, so I'm glad that they put that in. Anyway. Like it reminds me of early Supernatural, like mm-hmm. them doing like the poor salt on windowsills kind of like the 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 low budget shit that they had at the beginning <laughs> of just like opening the back of the car to see whatever McGovern they need for this episode. <laughs> it's good. It's fun. We should definitely play it. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you'll get me into a into much more of a horror experience once I'm done with Soma for a little while, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just like power through this one and then. Then that's enough. <laughs> it's, it's Halloween in two days, Carrie. I don't really. That that means not, very little not, to not, me. I'm sorry. Not the spooky season over yet. It's it, it means nothing to me. <laughs> Halloween means like buy a twelve pack of Kit Kats to bribe the kids to go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing a few things. Uh. It's a it's a weird collection of games I've got on my list here, and yeah. I'm I'm debating how much to spend talking about each one. So I'm just I'm just we're just gonna go with it for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to touch on I, I loaded up Avengers the other day because they've got like a and Jeremy you you should do this too just in case you come back to that game. Like seriously, I know you don't like the but seriously you should you should do it. Um, they they've got this like. People who log in between now and well, I was like a week ago and like November 5th get a bunch of resources. Some of them that are really quite limited resources. You get like 20 or like 25 of them um, and like a nameplate and something like that. It's like a thanks for being here through this first month when I was a little rough, etc, etc, etc. So I logged on to get that. And then I was like, oh, I'll play, a, I'll play a, a round or two when I was playing. And I was like, I really like this. <laughs> I forgot that I actually enjoyed this game, not just because I was trying to keep an open mind about it. And so, like, it, I don't know, it was it was strange because I caught it off guard. I, I've got nothing new to say about it, just that I enjoy grinding in this one more than in, like, Destiny. And I think part right. of that is because the, the level grind is slower, if that makes sense. Like, like, the, like the number levels, not, like, the yeah. key levels. Yeah, like... It reminds me of Destiny 1 in a good way, where, in a good way, I have, a, I have quite a fond nostalgia for, for the opening times of Destiny 1. I know it was content light, but, like, the, the leveling curve, I think, was one of the best times it's been, where it was, like, every time you leveled up was pretty meaningful, and leveling up a significant amount was, was also quite meaningful, obviously. Um, I don't know, it, it's... It's the kind of thing, it, it makes me glad that um, they've done things the way they have, just with the gear it is. Like, you can, it's, it, none of it means much. Every time I get new gear, I dismantle the old one I had. None of, so none of the gear matters yet. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm, like, getting origins. Well, I am getting, or, like, I'm getting purples and yellow equipment, like, you know, good equipment. But it's also low level that, you know, I get a green that outlevels it, the ne- like, the next time I play, and I just dismantle it anyway. But... It's just fun to smash stuff as Cat or Black Widow or like, I don't know. It's interesting. I also read a Kotaku article saying like Avengers 
became good once I played it long enough, <laughs> which is not mm. a good argument. Mm. <laughs> it's a terrible argument. And the fact what the what the person was saying is that when you like your your characters feel weak when you start because they are because they have actually a very robust skill set, a, a very robust with a very large number of moves and different strategies you can and and specializations within skill trees and stuff like that. And they're the kinds of things that you only really unlock after you've played about five hours with each character, kind of after the story. The storyline doesn't let you level up fast enough to really expand on the on the depth of character of each of them. And so to have to put in five hours into each character to really unlock their mechanical depth is pretty poor, I think. But that mechanical depth is there and is really enjoyable when you get to it. So I just wanted to give Avengers a shout out because I like, I turned it on forgot forgetting that i enjoyed that game remembering that i enjoyed it and had a great time <laughs> not playing with anyone not doing anything special just smashing robots and going through aim facilities and opening chests and i had a great time <laughs> cool do you, um do you think like is, uh, have you been playing online at all no so i i've been waiting for us to play online because that was the original plan was we'd play online before i activate yeah. my ps plus subscription <laughs> oh right. So right. I just I just don't have I just don't have PS Plus yet. I'm gonna get PS Plus when the PS5 comes out for the uh PS Plus collection. Um Bug Snacks. And yeah, they also announced that Bug Snacks is gonna be on PS Plus as well today. Um I was excited about I don't know that I wanna play it, but we'll see. Bug Snacks. Can you please stream great. it? I wanna watch it. Bug Snacks. <laughs> we'll see. Um so yeah, shout out to Avengers. You know. People, the people who have, um, <laughs> to Avengers, <laughs> yeah, go Avengers. Love those guys. Fucking, I've been watching fucking Eric Andre and just the bit where Hannibal's like, "Hey, quick shout out to Christina Applegate," and they just show a picture of Christina Applegate on the screen. <laughs> Fuck, that show's good. Um, but the the people who have like hardcore played it and grinded to like level cap for like multiple characters and stuff like that, they're struggling. They're saying, look, there's not enough here. It's sparse. They've got a lot of, you know, in the same way that the hardcore Destiny group has a lot of issues with the game and had a lot of issues when Destiny 1 came out, um, that the group that is the most dedicated fan base have the biggest number of issues. So I think my... I think Square and Crystal are relying on people like me who played the story, enjoyed it enough, and will duck in every week or two play a few rounds and then we'll come in for the DLC come in for the, the, the content updates um, honestly I think that's going to get that game a good chunk of the way through the year I hope they don't burn out their, their stronger player base um, in the meantime but we'll see um, I also I, I also started Ghost of Tsushima because similarly that came out with an online mode and I was like oh I should play that with Jeremy uh, and so I had to play the single player and I played that for like five or so hours this last week and you were pretty you were pretty cool on the game when it came out, weren't you, Jeremy? Like Yeah, I I thought it was fine. Yeah. That's about it. Did you play more than five or six hours? Yeah, I got a I got a, a fair chunk of the way through. I probably put maybe ten, twelve hours in it. Yeah. Like I, I went back I did go back multiple times to play it more than I did, say Avengers. Yeah. Um I really dig this game. <laughs> This is your kind of game. This is it, a this is a Ubisoft open world. It, it's a Ubisoft open world, but unlike Assassin's Creed Origins or Odyssey, which is this sort of flagship open world sort of, it's the most similar 
parallel, like, parallel. Yeah, thank you. Parallel, um, analog. That's so. Anyway, uh, it's the most similar game to like link it, link them together with to compare them to. But unlike those recent Assassin's Creed game games, the world isn't so dense that you're literally doing something at what. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just stop talking for a second and yell and then keep talking? Yell? <laughs> yeah. Go into the woods and yell for a second and then come There's back. Just, there, there, are, there are so many words that that are just getting flubbed. It's, it's, it's very funny to watch. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Are they? I didn't even notice. Yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> I think I'm really tired. <laughs> All right, let me start again. So, Ghost of Tsushima, unlike the most recent Assassin's Creed games, is not very dense within its world... Uh, like question marks and things to do kind of kind of a way and what that means for me is this gives me more of an assassin's creed 2 open world vibe than a more recent assassin's creed origins odyssey valhalla kind of vibe um and that's the most positive thing i could say about it (laughs) like as in like that's high praise coming from me because i love assassin's creed 2 i love doing that open world over and over um it's interesting because obviously you're on the islands of Tsushima. Um, it, it's a kind of place, you know, when you walk, if, if you are playing Assassin's Creed 2 and it's kind of like you can run from one side of Florence to the other in five minutes, you know? And if yep. you're in real life, you could, if you can run from one side of the town to another, it's like a kilometer wide. It's like the tiniest town ever. It's got a population of like 200 people. Tsushima feels like the scale of the, of the, of the island is almost one-to-one. In that way because it feels like a small area that takes a while for you to get across like it's like the kind of literal game size of like one of those actual worlds which means that it makes the world feel real the world is sparse but that's because it's a it's an island in like the 12th century you know and so it's gorgeous yeah. and it's not very cultivated it's not full of farming agriculture or anything it's got it's got it's got a uh, like a temple and it's got it's got castles and stuff like that and, and farmsteads, but they're quite few and far between. It takes minutes to get to the to get from large areas to the next. And I yep. think that sense of scale mixed in with the absolutely gorgeous environments with the, the, the yellow autumnal trees and cherry blossoms and all of the leaves on the ground that kick up in the and the pampas grass, mm-hmm. like it's stunning. So I think the the, the realization of the world is like it's kind of second to none, honestly. Like it, it's very, very impressive. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with. Like that was the, that was the part of the game that I really, really liked. Um, mm. Was the how gorgeous that world looked. Yeah. Um, which is why I was a little bit bummed when this game, like, because the world feels really vibrant and very true, and then the game sort of like throws a lot of gamey stuff at it, um, which clashed for me i think was one of the biggest things that i didn't like mm. yeah um, see so for me the stuff that they've got like following like going to the fox dens and composing a haiku which gives you gives you more like resolve meter and the the bamboo things that gives you more health and the <laughs> haikus <laughs> like the haikus you know, give you know, you a hai- headband you know haikus and- weren't invented yet <laughs> what really yeah oh, okay yeah <laughs> So I, I kind of see what you mean about the game stuff. It's like, find all the hot springs. It increases your health. Find all the bamboo things. It increases your thing. And it, find this. It does this. Find this. It does this. But honestly, it's the it's the tick box stuff where it means something. It's not just, 
do quest, generic writing, get 200 gold, move on to the next question mark, kill wolf, get resource. Like, I feel like it, it means more each time you do something, I feel like. Um, the combat's interesting, it's quite good, it's not very deep yet. Um, How many forms do you have? Just two, one? so far. Okay. Um, Are you swapping between them much, or are you mostly just, like, tackling one? Yeah, so I've got the one, one that's good for swords, good to fight against sword people, i got the one that's good against shield people. Um, but, like, are you, like, using both of them on the fly, or...? I'll because, use, like, it, I'll it, it, use it, took, one, it took me a sec to do that. I'll, I'll use one when it's relevant. It's like, a shield person's coming, I need to use the, the shield stance, um, the water stance. But once the the situational enemies are gone, I won't I won't change between them that much. Um, if I'm just taking out like archers or something like that. Um, I did dabble in the online. I played the tutorials. It looks very interesting and I've heard very good things about it. Um, it's the kind of thing that it's like, it's got like less content than Avengers, but because it's like at no additional cost compared to the thing, like people are just like, this is yeah. a really neat surprise. But people have been yeah. grinding it and like really enjoying it. There's a raid coming out for it. Like it's really interesting. So mm, uh, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, we should definitely jump into it sometime in the next couple of weeks if we can find the time. Yeah, I'd, I'd be keen to do that. Um, and then, look, I've got this thing to say about... I, so, <sighs> so, two weeks ago, I just started Kingdom Hearts. Two weeks later, I sort of finished Kingdom Hearts. But the, the show is getting a little long for, this, for our normal What We've Been Playing section. And our sort of, like, news, not news section, sort of... The topic I've got sort of relates to Kingdom Hearts a bit. So what I'm thinking is maybe I'll shelve that. We'll do question corner and then we'll come back to my reception of Kingdom Hearts and what it made me feel. <laughs> um, okay. And the discourse we shared. <laughs> um, so does that sound good with you two? Yep. Yeah, that's fine with me. Awesome. No worries. So uh, putting aside uh, the, the, the Kingdom Hearts discussion for a moment, let's talk about the question corner before we have our break. What is the question for the week, June? <clears throat> what is the funniest game you've played? Little Britain. PS no. <laughs> June Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy posted a list to me the other day, which was twenty five worst PS two games. And, and, and Little Britain and was said, on there? Yeah. Little Britain was number one. <laughs> Little Britain was the worst PS two game. <laughs> and I thought Jeremy put it on there to because I thought Jeremy was gonna um, use it to dunk on me about Aragon. <laughs> But Aragon wasn't even no. on that list because Aragon's actually no. an okay game, so I felt a bit No, quite it's vindicated. just not even in the wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, no, Little Britain was definitely the worst game on there, and it is the worst game on the PS2. <laughs> um, but in terms of funniest, that's a hard one. Uh, we'll have a think. We'll take a break. And uh, while we're on that break, we'll have a think. What have I done to myself? Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We've been sitting here chortling at our thoughts as we tried to think of the answer for this week's question corner. June, what is this week's question? Sorry. See, we've been chortling. That, that word doesn't mean what you think it means. Chortling? Yeah. Yeah, you have a good chortle. it does, yeah. What do you think it's still, it means? It's still a strange word to use. Oh, yeah. What do you think it chortling. means? Chortling. It's Google like a, definition it's like of a laugh. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a chuckle. Yes. Yeah. We're talking. 
Because of the question of the week, Jeremy. We've been chortling. Right, okay. Have you not been chortling? Because I've been chortling. Maybe anyway. because I'm the maybe I'm the chortler and everybody else is the chortly. <laughs> <laughs> End the podcast. Cancel it. <laughs> We're done. Uh, the question, the question is, what is the funniest game you've played, or oh, what game made you chortle the most? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as. Uh, I, I, who wants to go first? I can go first, but my answers, as always, are a little wishy washy. Yeah, mine's not. Go on. Yeah, you go. So the first thing that popped into my head when this was posed a couple of weeks ago was Donut County. Because that mm-hmm. game fucking Solid. rules. Solid answer. Yep. Yep. Like, that game is so hilarious. I still think of, like, the snake as being, like, nature spaghetti or something. Like, like scary spaghetti or something like that. <laughs> and and the, the lawnmower that scares away the grass. <laughs> like, that, that game is so incredibly funny. Um... But then I was trying to think about it a bit more seriously when we were in the break, and I looked up funniest games, and I read a, a, an article from The Guardian, and there were some hits and misses on there. Saints Row 4 is on there, and I'm like, bleh. Um, but the, it included games that made me think more about when the mechanics of it make you laugh. Mm. And they're including things on there like Overcooked and Worms, um, stuff where it's like the situation gets away from you, and Hitman. Like, I find Hitman to be really funny because, like, you know, you set things up and when you go to execute, you, like, fuck it up on the first try and you, you have to watch. Like, I, I find it funny to watch and, like, be a part of as a, like, a spectator experience because people fuck it up and they've got to they've gotta address the situation and, 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 like, compensate and improvise on the fly and make it, make it work. Um, so I think those ones are good, are good candidates. But I think in that arena, right now, the king of that is Spelunky. That sort of... Spelunky is the king of the cascading events of nonsense that you couldn't possibly have seen coming. And you're like, oh, 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 and if you're playing with people, they're like, ah, you're dead. And it's like, yeah, like, I think that's, that's, that's my, my current go-tos. Yep. I, I, I would agree with basically everything you just said. Mm. <laughs> Great. Good answer. Uh, June. Um, I don't know if this is your answer because I think it's a good answer. Then you said you had a good answer, so um, mm. I think the Jackbox Party games was that your oh. answer? Okay, not, oh. not my answer. No? I was thinking like yeah, maybe like Frog Detective or something. But I think I think that the game that I've literally like you know cried at the most is probably Jackbox. Um, just, Soft skull. <laughs> just because the <laughs> shit like that. Like it's it's so it's so funny. And so, uh, I don't know, personable, I guess, when you can relate it and like inside jokes and stuff like that, it's just like adds another layer of, of humor to it mm. that I think is, is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. Like the amount of times one. we've played Jackbox at your house specifically, June. Mm. I, ah, it's so good. It's always oh, and I'll always hit. remember that time we did it with Ollie in Jeremy's basement. Yep. That, that was the, was that, that the soft skull one? Time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Um, <laughs> Was that Jackbox Four? That was the one with remember. the with the split the room. The split the room, right? Because I'd never played that one again, and I have three, I think. Maybe it was. Yeah, three. yeah, I think it's four, four, four or five. I don't, it's the same one with the with the rapping robots. Yeah. The freestyling robots. Oh, that was the one that yeah. I got. 
Yeah, you you had you got like got it on Switch. Mm. Yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a review copy for it. Um, I think I was five. No, because five just came five. out, right? No, seven just it's, came out. It's, well, okay. Right. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway. Split the room. It was amazing. Yes, very good. Yeah. They should they should add they should make like a, a huge Jackbox collection of literally all the Jackbox games that they've done and, and pay you know ask for like 150 bucks for it because I would pay that much money. I need to do Probably. that because I only have one, two, and Drawful. Yeah. Two. Um, oh, Drawful's so good though. Drawful and Quiplash is all you need to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And Fibbage, maybe Fibbage T- is TKO great is to... pretty good. Oh, TKO is so good. <laughs> TKO is so good. Like, there's so many active memories from playing Jackbox games. Yeah. Yeah. I could picture myself in many, many houses playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Good picture. Well done. Thanks. Um, so, like everyone else, I was like, oh, Donut County, Frog Detective, like, initially. Um, and I, I, I did pull up the one line in Donut County, which still makes me laugh, which is, scientists may look like they're taking notes, but really they're just drawing cool skulls. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good line um, uh, But I think um, My answer would probably Be Sea of Thieves Very good For the same that, similar reasons as, as Jackbox or Yeah like people? you it, it, it gives you the tools to make the jokes And then <laughs> you Just run off the cliff with it like, I it's, just remember it's what so, you did the last time I played with you With you and Ollie <laughs> When Ollie and I were literally just, we, we were doing the first joke you do in that game, which is you show each other the map. But because <laughs> Ollie hadn't played that game before, I, I got to relive that joke again for the first time and I was crying and it's I had still, like a it's, stitch. Like we've both got, we've all got like uh, many, many hours on CFDs yeah. and yet the showing the map joke is still it's funny. So funny. It's still it's funny. So funny. <laughs> that and I remember during the time that we were playing and... There was, uh, we had the instruments and it sounded like the fucking, like it sounded like a Radiohead song and then I started singing Paranoid Android. Oh, it's um, just good. But like, you know, dumb shit like putting, you know, putting Byron's parrot in the cannon and firing it and then having a monkey that dances to the songs that you're playing and like just like uh, that game is a is a stage for just hilarious improv um with just and you can go in any direction and it's so funny it's so good jeremy do you remember i only remember this because it's like in the video that i watched recently but it was like do you Mm. remember when um uh we like came back to an outpost and i didn't know who to sell the the, one of the chests to because i was still we were still pretty fresh and I was like getting angry. We we're just like swearing at each other. I was like, "You do it then. You find the place where it goes." And you found that you were like, "It's right here." And I was like, "Oh, fine, whatever." And we both walked back to the ship, and it was sinking because I hadn't plugged the boat properly. But <laughs> 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 so we hadn't we hadn't put all the chests away yet. And the <laughs> oh, it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that game is that game is so whimsical. It's so mm. fun. Mm. Um, and I've, I I want to give an honorable mention, honestly, to Dreams. <laughs> um, just for some like there are some hilarious creations in that which are just so silly and dumb and because you can make games with huge or tiny scales mm. there are games which are literally just like a punchline um, like there was there's a stand up there's a stand up comedy simulator inside of Dreams <laughs> and 
oh my fucking god i was like in tears i was like <laughs> I, I was like holding my side and like my cheeks were hurting because i was smiling so much at this fucking bit i'll have to find it and show it to you because it's like it's not the jokes that make that so funny it's everything that happens inside of that little game um it's so good it's so 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 good yeah, james is james is another vessel for jokes to arrive in. <laughs> I, I still remember, it was interesting, like, June, when June and I were hanging out before the podcast, it was, like, we are just talking about random dreams that I still remember from that first time you got the early access to it, Jeremy, and, like, I still remember the random music that was put on top of that boxing game, the, oi, yeah. you, what you looking at, what, I don't know why I remember that. Like I don't know why I remember it either. <laughs> and there was the, the Hans Mollman joke of him getting hit by football yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yep. just random stuff I don't know I retained so much of it so well um, yeah I should really get that game there's a there's a free mode coming out to play the Halloween levels that the community have made Ooh. oh wow yeah like they're, they're putting some work into getting as many people to play that as, as, they, as they can which is which I'm, is nice I'm more interested in dreams as a cre- I was talking about this with Ollie recently I'm more interested in dreams as a, like a creation tool set I think right. than I am like as a as a place to play new things, um, but then I'm not actually. I know I'm not actually that interested in making any games or music or anything at the moment, which is why I don't buy it and why I don't play it, right? Or make it. Um, but that's definitely what I'm most interested in. Yeah. Good question. Good answers, everyone. That was good. Hmm. Um. Next Fortnite, Carrie came up with this one. I think it's neat. Um, what's your favorite DLC? Mm. So we, I think yeah. we coming off the back of um, Doom Eternal. Yeah, totally. I, I was just yeah. I started thinking about because Jeremy was talking about it does the the structure thing of it being like at the end and you start off from like where the end of the last game went. And I started thinking about other other DLC structures and I was like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? So yeah, I'm I'm excited to think about that one. Uh, great. Now's the time for what used to be the news and is now news or maybe something else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) the hottest topic on everyone, the hottest thing on everyone, everyone's mind. Um, so there's a a couple of things here and I'll, I'll lump in my Kingdom Hearts experience into like my topic that I was going to bring up as well, but I sort of want to touch on, um, just because this is something that's been affecting us and like a lot of people who listen to us um, and it's what's been happening for us. We've been living in Melbourne all of the time since we've (laughs) known each other, especially for all of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've been in Melbourne for all of 2020, including when Melbourne went into one of the uh, severest lockdowns that the world has ever seen as as a COVID response. Um, And so in August, we went into like curfew and like can't leave five kilometers outside thing and you have to have a work permit if you're going to work and work from home and schools were closed and um to get our hundreds and hundreds of cases a day down to as low as we can and as of uh yesterday of recording this things are kind of back to a semi-normal like a like a early march march time april time kind of normal where uh people can uh, go visit people. There's there's restrictions on it, but you can go visit people's houses. Um, 
You can go have a picnic with people in the park. Obviously, we're all wearing masks and we're outside now. But basically, I I wanted to see how you two are feeling after um, hearing that restrictions were finally going to be eased and, and stuff like that. We don't have to go too deep into this. Like, it's a weird topic. Everyone's experienced... Everyone's been affected by COVID this year. Um, but I think this is a pretty big deal and it's one that's affecting all of us. Um, how did you two feel when you were hearing that restrictions were being eased this week? Um, I think my big thing has been not being able to see my parents and that hasn't changed yet because they haven't um, stopped the regional border. So, that's true. Um, when that lifts, I think it, it'll be better for me. I, I don't know. I don't have any... Uh, no one's really jumped the gun and been like, let's go to the pub. Like, you know, let's go have a couple of drinks. Like, uh, I've got a friend coming over on the weekend, which I'm excited about, but that's that's the biggest sort of thing um, mm-hmm. that's happening, I suppose. Um, yeah. What about you guys? Well, yeah, like I, I saw my mum for the first time in, in months yesterday because mm. um, she's been living in regional Victoria, um, but she and mum's partner can... Come, they can travel in and out of Melbourne because of like medical reasons, um, and so they came down to Melbourne for the first time since everything closed. And then, actually, no, no, sorry, no. They went out some in the middle of like just the stage two was cracking down. They left um, to go to Regional Vic because they sold their house. Um, anyway, it's a whole thing. Basically, the long and short of it is, I saw my mum for the first time in forever, and it was like weird. Um, <laughs> It was good. It was nice. Not used to it. Um, Is it tiring? I had um, I had like two social things in a row last week, like Monday night and Tuesday night, and I had to like mm. take Wednesday off to recover. It, it was exhausting, and then going to yeah. my retail job <laughs> the first day it opened. Well, yeah, because like, retail opened yesterday <laughs> as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that was. No wonder I didn't. No wonder I didn't get to play the game much and just went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I uh, it was it was it was interesting yesterday. Yesterday was a lot. I similarly went back to my retail job, uh, and it was interesting seeing the type of people that were raring to just go to the shopping center. Yeah. You know, and like not necessarily for any good reason. <laughs> and it's like, for me, like. You know, we can socialize a bit more now and we can do a bit more. Um, but, like, I'm not keen to, like you were saying, June, like, yeah, let's go hit the pub. Like, a bunch of people at work were like, oh, man, tomorrow's so busy. I've got to go to work and I've got to do this and then I've got to go to the pub with my mates. And I'm like, oh, I would not do that, but that's you mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's just, like, I can't imagine trying to go to, like, a, like a, like a setting like that anytime mm-hmm. soon. Picnics, think, like picnics out with people, I think I'm 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 down with. Yeah, um, but I don't think I'll be I, jumping I think, into big things like that anytime soon-ish, at least. I think the pub thing is a little bit more palatable when you think about you still do have to book. Yeah. Um, and like, so like people can't just rock up. Um, and so like I remember I went to last time I went to pub was just before the lockdown, the second lockdown started. And I had to book and then um, they uh, traced us, like me, me and the people I went with, like they had all of our names um, so yes. that if anything happened, they could always go back and track basically where everybody's going in case, you know, one of us got sick. 
um, or someone else there was sick, they can then let us know, hey, you were here at this time and then you left at this time. So you weren't there, but um, so they're, they're, I think everyone's doing a pretty good job of keeping tabs on everything. Um, but yeah, I, I'm also still more than happy to just wait out just that little bit more. I read yeah. somewhere yesterday that restaurants, some restaurants have like 10 week booking, like waiting lists for bookings. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, everyone's kind of desperate. And, and it's interesting because, like, as soon as restrictions started clamping down back in March and then in April, and then they opened up again and then they went hardcore back down in, like, July and August. Um, but every time restrictions came in, I was normally, like, a few days ahead of it, if you know what I mean. Like, I was already being really care- careful on buses and, we were, like, we were starting to get masks ready before it was, like, mandatory. And... Um, like it's the kind of thing where we're being really cautious, and now that like the 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 restrictions have come off, the clamps have come off, it's it's sort of weird. I don't know. It was it was interesting when I heard that the restrictions were being eased earlier in the week. It was the first time where I didn't just hear the announcements and go, "Oh, okay, this is what's happening next." I heard it and surprised myself because I was like, "Oh, I'm kind of excited about this." I didn't know that I would be. I didn't know that I was kind of like excited about this because like we've been Mm. able to adapt pretty well i think to these circumstances we're on discord a lot more and um my mum lives nearish by and lives on her own so i've been able to actually see her and go on walks together with her throughout this whole time and that's been my biggest concern because she lives on her own obviously um but yeah similar to eugene i've got family outside of melbourne and I haven't seen them since, like, my niece's birthday in March. Yeah. And it's like, I would like to see them. Mm. <laughs> and that's mm. from November 8th. That's on the cards. And yeah. it's, That's know. next week. It's next week. Like, it shouldn't be as that difficult to last another week, seeing as we've done it for eight months. So. Totally. So, yeah, it just hit me in this weird way. I was like, oh, I feel positive and, <laughs> and like, I, I like... Like, I want to make use of these East restrictions. And then I'm like, oh, but I want to be cautious. And it's this really weird time. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we don't have to dwell on it. It's still a, it's, everything's still a big deal at the moment, TM. But, um, you know, weird, weird times. <laughs> I really don't know how to sum up that segment. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> I don't think anyone does. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, okay. Uh, do, do you want to leave? We're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go and have a coffee or something. Go um, on, go on. No, no, I'm going to try and make this palatable. Um, so two weeks ago, I had just started Kingdom Hearts. I was playing it. I wasn't enjoying the mechanics. I wasn't really hooked in by the story, but whatever. It was early days. I was going to give it a go. That's fine. Uh, not long after that episode played, I played another, another play session. Got to like four and a half hours played. For those who know, I did the Alice in Wonderland section. Was frustrated for a lot of it. Uh, I got, got to, to what is like the actual part of that game. Like, got past the introduction. Got, exactly, got into yeah. the meat you of know, I flew the gummy ship a couple of times. I was going to each of the worlds and doing <laughs> the thing. Ship. I don't know, whatever. Like, how many times do you fly that gummy ship in that game? Like, fifteen times between all the worlds. 
you get a warp core eventually, so you can skip it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Those sections sucked. Anyway. So, um, so you have to do at least every route once, but then you can warp to where you've been. Okay, that makes um, sense. But, but by the end of the game, you're like, oh, there's one more to do. <laughs> Part sucks. So the reason why I didn't know that is because I got to the uh, the boss in the Olympus section, the Hercules world, which is just like this gauntlet. You know, it's a Colosseum yep. match. It's just just an arena. Um, and I got to the Cerberus boss fight. I saw Cloud. Cloud was there. He's paid to kill Sora, but didn't. And honestly, it's Cloud's best outfit I've ever seen. He's got this like red cape, and his sword's like wrapped up in bandages, which is. It's really Terrible odd. Idea. It's a really odd look for Cloud. It is an odd look, but it works. Because <laughs> it's, it's not Final Fantasy VII, and it's not like Advent Children. Yeah. It's like there's a weird... I don't know if it's from any of the other games. I it's don't just know if like made traveling a cloud. cloud. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a good look. Anyway, um, I got I, there was this boss fight, and I wasn't enjoying it. And so I just... I, I lamented online with Byron and Jeremy, who are my resident Kingdom Hearts enthusiasts. And... Uh, Byron said, "Honest." Jeremy was saying, "Honestly, you've gotten, you've gotten further than I ever thought you would." And yeah. Byron well, said, I, "I never thought you'd play the game." <laughs> <laughs> and Byron said, "Hey, look, the first one actually isn't that good. Yeah. Like all these things you're saying, you're right. <laughs> and maybe you should just watch the cutscenes or or a sum up." And I was like, "No, I don't want to do that. I want to give it a go." Played the boss fight for another twenty minutes the next night. And I was like, "Fuck this." <laughs> And I looked up a summary. And so Sam and I sat there and we watched through this uh, this summary of Kingdom Hearts. And it was actually going over the whole series. So the first first Kingdom Hearts 1 and Rechain of Memories was like seven minutes to cover the whole story. And I paused it at that point. Sam was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I'm not getting it. There's a, there's a theater mode in the game. Let's just watch the cutscenes. And so we started doing that. And it was very... They go to the Tarzan world and nothing happens. And they go to the Atlantis world and nothing happens. And they, and basically the main story from what I could tell is that Sora loses his childhood friends, Riku and Kairi. And he goes to try and find them. And also somehow ends up wielding a Keyblade, which then means that these random Disney characters, Donald and Goofy, who are looking for King Mickey, who's disappeared. Oh my God. Um... Start following Sora because he's got the key for some reason that no one knows. And they're like, whatever, you got the key. Let's go, friend. We got to go save the worlds. And Sora's like, oh, okay, I guess. And and so then Riku gets jealous because he's being like spoken to by Maleficent, who's like the bad one, bad person in the game. And is like, look, your friend doesn't love you anymore. And so he starts harnessing dark powers because he's a gullible idiot. And like, you'd just- love him. Just an absolute moron. He's just like, oh, wow, he is walking around with that duck that's got a jacket and a hat on and that that dog that's got a jacket and a hat on. You're right. I will harness the dark powers. And so that... And and then he, like, steals Sora's keyblade and he knows where Kairi is and he's going to save... Riku's going to save Kairi and fights Sora a bunch of times and steals Pinocchio inside of the belly of a whale and... (laughs) And then they go to Peter Pan. Like, none of it, none of it matters. None of it makes any sense. The, the main deal is Kyrie's lost her heart, right? Although heart means soul, because it's not like an actual heart. So Kyrie's uh, like a zombie, right? 
And, yeah. and Riku knows where Kairi is and is like, I'm going to save her, but is also just an idiot and is doing that through like bad people ways. And Sora's like, you're doing this wrong. And Riku's like, shut up, I'm going to save Kairi. And that's it for like 30 hours. And then mm. you finally get to the end of the game and you fight Riku. And then he's been taken over by this like bad guy called Ansem. And he's, he gets sent to this like shadow realm. The, the true villain. Ansem. Yeah. Yeah, Ansem's like the true villain. Maleficent dies and you hang out with the genie who's voiced by Homer. It actually does a pretty yeah. good job. And like... Well, because he was happened- in Aladdin too. <laughs> it was Dan Castanella. When, oh, really? Was when it? Ro- That's interesting. When, yeah. So he- like all of the voice actors in the, in the movies, if they couldn't get the original voice actor, which they did for a lot of them, yeah. they then went to the direct-to-video sequel versions of those characters um, <laughs> well, which a makes a lot of sense they did a pretty good job honestly the voice acting mm. was fine but anyway it doesn't matter you fight Riku and he's not Riku anymore he's Kairi Riku's in the Shadow Realm and you save Kairi cause cause oh that's right you fight Riku Riku drops a key a different Keyblade Sora stabs himself with the Keyblade Kairi's heart is restored cause Sora's Sora was carrying Kairi's heart the whole time. So Kairi's back, but then Sora's a heartless, but which is yep. one of the main enemies in the game, like the, the, the main mobs. And then Kairi's yes. like, Sora, is that you? And like stands near him. And then Sora comes back to life, whatever. Yep. And then they, they go to the, the middle of the world. It's a heartless world. And they fight Ansem. End and, of the world. Yeah. And they get to the, the door to Kingdom Hearts. And Ansem's like, look, this is where darkness comes from. Kingdom Hearts. Yep. And then you fight Ansem. Yep. And then Ansem's like, like it doesn't matter because the door to darkness is here. Kingdom Hearts. And yep. then Sora, for no reason, says, no, that's not true. Because I know for now that Kingdom Hearts is light. And then the door opens yep. and it's light for no reason. Yep. Like, like, there's no reason why Ansem says it's dark. There's no reason why Sora says it's light. But whatever, it's light. Great. Ansem dies because he's yep. allergic to light. Whatever. Yes, he is. It's and a, then they have to close condition. the door to Kingdom Hearts because it opened a little bit. Because I guess yep. they fought nearby it. And they're like, I can't do it. I can't close the door to Kingdom Hearts. And we have to close the door to Kingdom Hearts because it opened. But also we got here this whole time to like find it. Whatever. We have to close it. And then it's like, Riku's behind the door to Kingdom Hearts. He was in the Shadow Realm, and now he's in Kingdom Hearts, and he's gonna he- he's gonna pull on the door while Sora pushes on the door to close it, and it's like okay, that's weird, but they can't do it yet because there's Heartless in Kingdom Hearts, and then Mickey turns up, and he's like, oh ha ha! Thanks Sora for fighting the Keyblade. Let's close the door to Kingdom Hearts now that it's open again, and then they close the door. Yeah, and that's the end of the game, and Sora's <laughs> yes. like. Sora's walking with Donald and Goofy and they're like, what do we do now? And Sora's like, we got to go find Riku and Mickey. It's like, yep. you got to, wait, so hang on. You got to go close the door that everyone said you had to close. For some reason, <laughs> I still don't know. You got to go close that door. And then now you've closed it. You got to go find the people who are behind that door. So you're going to, yep. what, go find the door and open it again? Not quite. Guess you'll play two to find out. Not before I play Rechain of Memories. Don't play Rechain of Memories. No, I'll Carrie, go through the cutscenes. I've heard that that one's actually terrible. Don't, do That's not right. even go through the cutscenes. Just watch a recap. The cutscenes in that are not even worth watching. I don't find you, you can't find game by game recaps of the of those stories. You I'll, only I'll find like series recaps. 
I'll, I'll send you one. If you find one, I'd I'd, I'd desperately yeah. require it. Anyway. Because uh, Regenerate Memories, like, they they go through the same worlds as they did in one. Oh, um, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it was, I mean, it was a GBA game, right? And then okay. they got turned into a PS2 game. Like, it's it's not worth. Okay. Although they, uh, they, uh, they don't go to the Tarzan world, I think, because at that point, Disney had lost the rights to Tarzan because of some weird thing. And so they skip the Tarzan world altogether because they legally couldn't go there. It's like, it's really weird. Like red tape. So <laughs> It's like a lawyer standing there going, sorry, I'm not allowed in here. <laughs> so I was sort of debriefing with Jeremy and, and Byron while I was going through these, these cinematics, right? Yeah. And I wasn't enjoying it. And I was disappointed because I wanted to enjoy it. I was like, fuck, oh, Jeremy and Byron and millions of people around the world love this franchise. I'm going to give it a chance. I want this game to win me over. And I'd got, I'd gotten halfway through it. And I'm like, I ain't there yet. I got two, like two thirds of the way through it. And I'm like, oh, Agrabah was cool, but also I ain't there yet. And then I got to like, just before the final scene, I'm like, I'm not there yet. And then we finished the game and I'm not there yet. <laughs> how many, how many hours did you put into this? So I, I played four hours. I probably watched six, maybe five or six hours of cutscenes. scenes. <laughs> mm. Kingdom Hearts 1 is, for, for Square Enix RPG standards, it's pretty short. It's mm-hmm. like 12 hours. I honestly, Jeremy, if it took me four hours to get to Hercules, like it took me four and a half hours to get to the Cerberus boss fight, right? And then there was another eight worlds. Yeah, no, but like some, some of the worlds are like half an hour. Some of the worlds are really short. Well, I'm glad I didn't and play one, it. The whole time, and the whole one time of the worlds, I was watching the cinematics... All I kept saying to Sam every like hour or so, I was like, God, I'm glad I'm not playing this. <laughs> yeah, like, I, Byron and I both said this. If you were legitimately trying to get into Kingdom Hearts 1, we would have said, sorry, Kingdom Hearts as a series, we would have said, do not play 1. When my I don't understand said he wants why to this is Kingdom the first Hearts. time I've heard this. <laughs> not, not right because now, but I don't understand why it took me starting it and playing for two and a half hours. Because no one gets into this franchise. You either played it when it came out, or you don't play it. Okay, so that, that then brings me to a couple of questions. How is this franchise as popular as it is? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, how did this first game come out? Was it purely based on the Disney nostalgia that it performed as well as it did, that it got a sequel? Because like, Kingdom Hearts honestly, 1 is like a very critically well-received game. Like, I looked at reviews after the game came out. Sorry, after you were pl- after you finished it, rather, from when the game came out. Because I, I went back because I didn't, I didn't buy it when it came out. Yeah, and yeah. I certainly wasn't watching reviews when I was like, you know, six or whatever. Um, and so I was playing it and I was thinking, like, do people like this game? So I went back and watched some. And yeah, sure enough, people are like, yeah, like, the, the gameplay is really good. The... The story is like fine. It's like a it's a kid story. Um, the voice acting is good. It's a good realization of Disney worlds. Um, the music is good. Enemy a lot of enemy variety. Like it's got like a it's got a lot of positive things that people say about it. I will say going back now, it doesn't feel like that. Um, and I, starting I, it for, from a modern perspective in 2020, honestly, I think it's a bad game. I think it's a bad yeah. story. <laughs> I think like, it's bad. <laughs> I think I think the gameplay is rough. I think the story is it it's a children's story. I think that's like that's where that lands. Well, like, the thing, it, it feels like a lazy children's story though. Like it, it doesn't like so many things about it don't even hold water. Yeah, but is this are we going to go into the conversation that we had the other day though? Yeah, I think we should, but like <laughs> briefly. <laughs> yeah. So, 
we got it, I got into this big we got into this big like all caps argument in Discord, right? And we were talking about like oh, it was me saying, "What? You're wrong. I'm taking crazy pills." <laughs> and then we start it, it start we it was like a bunch of what Sora says and like a bunch of the the main thing of the game is like I don't need to harness the power of the dark side. I have my friends and my friends believe in me and that is my power. And that yeah. is the power of hearts, hearts and light. Yeah. And like that's it's a lot of very a- abstract terms. A lot of very abstract terms that get realized absolutely within the game. Like Sora will say that and then a keyblade pops into his hand and he wins the fight. <laughs> Cuz he was like my friends believe in me, I win. <laughs> So we we started not- getting into this discussion, right? And it was about we, we, I've had this discussion with Jeremy before about other movies that I watch, and Jer- Jeremy said, and this this tilted me, like this sent me off the face of the planet. Jeremy said, I caught a, I caught the biggest fish. You found, you found my nerve, like if nerve is like like circuits in like a computer, like you found my nerve. It is this big cable and you ripped it out <laughs> and you said Carrie will, doesn't like pref- allegories and I'll preface this by I was being uh, I was a bit mean when I said that <laughs> and that's based off of me saying to Jeremy in the past that stories with nuanced uh, like symbolism metaphor, simile, that sort of deeper understanding stuff where you have to like really critically analyze it. Stuff like Pan's Labyrinth or Shakespeare plays, the stuff you look at in like literature things has always kind of, it goes over my head and I feel like an idiot. (laughs) And so I've said that to people. I didn't quite know that when I said that. What I was thinking about was Wolfenstein 2. Well, that's that's when this was brought up last time, right? (laughs) But go on, what would what, what you mean when you were thinking that? One of the, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the, one of the reasons that I think you didn't connect with Wolfenstein 2 was that a lot of the satire that I was eating up, like left, right and centre, you weren't uh, appreciating um, or were maybe... Because uh, I was kind of taking it literally, right? Rather yeah. than like commentary. Yes. Yeah, which, like, I I mean, that's my bread and butter. I love that shit. Like, to me, that's, like, some of, like, the, the, the most enjoyable writing for me is uh, things that say one thing and mean the complete opposite of what they actually mean, but, yeah. like, still makes sense. Yeah. And so- Kingdom Hearts is a lot of that. Kingdom Hearts is so much of that. Do they mean to do that, though, or is it just you looking into <laughs> so it? This is no. <laughs> it's just bad writing, but you want to see it better. I think that's actually what it is, June, honestly. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy's shaking his head, but I think that's only because you've got the benefit of yeah, having played the rest biased. of the series where they you're retconned biased. their bad decisions. Mm. Like, it sounds to no, me no, like no, they like, justify uh, a lot of the bad things that happened in Kingdom Hearts 1. It's in the, the unjustifiable things that happened in Kingdom Hearts 1 by retconning everything that happens. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts 1 as, like, completely... Like, like I, I've had my... Yeah, completely standalone. Because I've had that experience when playing the entire game through with my housemate because um, he's like oh I should play Kingdom Hearts because you like these games and I was like I want to play Xenoblade because I like those because he likes those games and I was like cool you should play Kingdom Hearts too and he was like no 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 I want to play one and I was like you want to play one and he was <laughs> like yeah I was like okay um, 
and like I've I've had my I've had my my time in the sun with that game in terms of like uh, reckoning with like that game not being you know extraordinarily strong. Um, I know how to in, I know how to have fun playing that game because I know how to like when I say play the game I I mean like play the game um, like I know how to win. Uh, so I know how to enjoy myself in that game, but the, 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 the final act, the, the part in like the, the darkness realm with the, like the final act, which starts at Hollow Bastion, right? Where Sora loses. Where Maleficent resides. Yeah. As Captain Um, Hook says. Yes. (laughs) Um, good hook voice in that game as well. That's fine. Uh, the uh, basically that's when like that game really like kicks into gear that final chapter um hollow bastion is like a, it's an original world to kingdom hearts um it's the de facto home of the final fantasy characters in in the game as well later on um because there's no final fantasy worlds in kingdom hearts um it, it's where a lot of the story happens and they uh, uh, all of that section is very symbolic towards power struggles and what it means to have power mm. um and the the one of the lessons the game like tries to tell you is that uh you can't like like basically like hurting people or being selfish gets you nowhere um and the game sort of like teaches you that like on Destiny Islands a little bit, but it's kind of vague. Um, but like they go back to that a little bit later on with the struggle of Sora and Riku, them talking about how like Riku is very much like, like there's no, like it doesn't matter the cost. I'm going to do this the strongest way. I'm going to get this done, which is why in Destiny Islands, when you race him, he's much faster than you, which is why when you fight him, he'll beat you. Like, he's he's the determination of strength, and he's the one that you always look to to be the one that's stronger than you are. Um, but the lesson he learns in that game is that you can't go through everything with strength and casting everything aside. You know, he, the Pinocchio section of him just abandoning Pinocchio with the Heartless, um, him just taking the Keyblade from you and then walking away with it, um, and leaving you with a stick and being a dick to you, all of that stuff. Like, all of that stuff, same with, like, Wendy as well in um, the Neverland world. It, the lesson is the, like, you're only as strong as, like, the, the people you have connections with. You, like, being selfish is not a, is not a strength, and it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a detriment, even if it's short-term game. Mm. Um, which is why, at the end... You know, like uh, Ansem is a villain. Um, Riku and Ansem have like their their conjoining moments, which is you know uh, partly why Riku acts like the way he acts throughout the game. Um, which the him saying my friendships is power is not him saying friendships are powering me up like I'm charging like a Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He doesn't have a meter. What 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 he's saying is my heart is actually stronger than. Uh, when my heart is actually stronger when I have connections and when I open my heart up to other people, the the one of the biggest crux uh, cruxes of the entire franchise is being cl- like having your heart closed off and de facto dark um, is 
not the way to get around it. And they play with that a lot. They, they do some interesting things with it later on in terms of like really nailing that trope. Um, but the, 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 like, yeah, like the crux of that game is the more you open up your heart to other people and experiences around you, the stronger you will be at the end of it. Um, like true strength. Um, mm. You know what I mean? It's not like the, 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 the friendship, like this is what I mean by don't take the friendship word literally because he doesn't wield a thing that is, you know, friendship is not a, a, a physical manifest, like there's no physical manifestation of friendship. It's the strength of his heart that he has gained through the friendship, right? So I disagree. I disagee because there are a bunch of times where he he does just say it, right? He does just say friendship is my power, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? But like it's those times where like he does this so Riku steals the keyblade and then Donald and Goofy are like, "Well, we have to go with the keyblade wielder." And Sora's all alone with Beast from Beauty and the Beast for whatever the fuck reason because Bell's there. Um, he, he willed himself there was the reasoning behind it. Yeah. He got to that. He, he traveled through space with the power of will. They never mentioned that ever again. Nah. <laughs> so, and then Sora has this big, big speech, right? With, with like catches up to Riku and Donald and Goofy are there, and they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. Sora's our friend, and we're betraying him. We've got to follow the Keyblade. And then they, 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 they renege on the Keyblade, and they leave the Keyblade with Riku, and they go back to Sora. And Sora yep. does this big speech about how, oh, my friends are my power, and I don't... It's not about whether I am the, the strongest person around, because, like, I have friends, and fr- friends are my power, and that means that, you know, I have a strong heart. And he says all that stuff. And yep. that's the thing... That means that he gets the keyblade, keyblade black, black keyblade back from Riku. It teleports out of Riku's hand and into Sora's, which is then is a physical manifestation of exactly what Sora just said. Yeah, a strong heart. But my problem with that is I feel that invalidates and undermines any nuance in the storytelling by making it a physical manifestation of what's actually happening. That's not a unfair criticism and i think i think that goes into like junior again i love this part we're gonna go from kingdom hearts straight into star wars is why i never really <laughs> liked i it was never a huge fan of force lightning okay only because the force is meant to be this unknowable thing apart from there's like literal lightning <laughs> okay right i see so there's like pull yeah. which you can't see and there's push and there's yeah. like telepathy and like connection yeah and um i think like, yeah. right. like uh, <laughs> I think what that was were like in in story terms that's like the test right like that's sure. like the and um the 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 part where he gets the keyblade like the, that's not the first time Riku wields the keyblade as well you know he re- wields it very briefly in Neverland um and in Travis Town when when you briefly meet Riku just before you leave to go to different worlds. He's holding the keyblade then as well. Yeah, um, and then he like gives it back. It's not like it's not like the the like zoom like where it like disappears. No, 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 hand. like he's holding it. No, he's holding it and it gets taken away out of his hand. And then Sora grabs it again. Like it goes back into Sora's hand. The same yeah, but that's not how I guess that's I'm, like I feel like the difference is that's not how Riku takes it. But that's it's the semantics. Um I I think that scene is the same 
it's the same thing. It's about like the the like the, the keys drawn to the strength of the heart. Sora's heart is actually stronger um, because of his connections with everybody else. Like it's yeah. it's a it is a strength of the heart thing. Um, yeah. It's not a strength of friendship thing. It's a like the, the heart is the be all end all of all of this, right? And the things that Sora has done, which you know for the most part has been a friendship, um, then strengthens the heart, which is the the vice which he gets the Keyblade. Um. I mean, there's a reason Waypoint did yeah. a two-hour discussion talking just about the like theoretical elements of Kingdom Hearts through yeah. many different philosophical readings. Um, yeah. uh, it ain't, I just don't think it's that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. It's not that good. It's it's not deep. It's 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 face value, but it's still like it's not that it's like a. Like this stuff isn't deep. This stuff is like it's it's face value for what it is. But like what you're doing is looking at like the surface of the water. When you know, sure, it's a it's you know it's a foot deeper water. It's not exactly like you know you're not treading through an ocean of like metaphors or anything. But it's not the surface. Oh, but I could I could sure see through to the bottom of that pond. <laughs> yeah, it's threadbare. Yeah, one, one is it's, it's yeah one, it's... one is a loose game. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was pretty unimpressed. Um, with the with the with this with the story, I was I was expecting this game to make me like it in the same way that it made you like it, Jeremy, and it made Byron like it. Like it was like if people like this game, he's, I'm gonna give this the game the thing. chance to make me like it. Every person I know that likes Kingdom Hearts is is quite queer. <laughs> I don't know a single straight person that likes Kingdom Hearts, and that is a huge thing. Yeah, June, right? Okay, so you're right. um and that's not nothing um i think because kingdom hearts carries a certain a certain queer campiness to it is it because it's um found family i think it not quite they don't they don't really touch on family much in that game Mm. i think a lot of it comes from the real you um, the concept of showing people your true colors and showing people who you actually are. Um, for example, that so I'm I'm gonna briefly spoil one of the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, <gasps> this is a like, I'm gonna make this very quick, but it's it's I think it's a really really good way to show what I'm talking about by um, showing people your true forms because I I have read lots of queer people say that um, they. Uh, found uh, for example like uh, the the idea of changing forms from one version of yourself to the other version of yourself a lot of trans folk have said that this helped them reckon with how they really felt about themselves um which made me teary-eyed um i just broke my guitar keeper i'm gonna put that down so in kingdom hearts uh, 358 over two days um which is which is a which is a, a name I actually don't know what it means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the game takes place over three hundred five days or something, but like I don't know what the slash two is. Anyway, um, there's a character in it um, who, at the beginning of the game, she joins like the villainous organization. Like the game, th- that entire game's perspective is from the villain side. Um, she joins the villainous organization, and for a lot of the the beginning of the game. You don't see her face. She's wearing the cloak and she has no emotion and doesn't speak at all. 
And as she goes on, she begins to have her own emotions. She begins to ha- like become a character, basically. Um, her name is Xion. Um, it turns out that she's actually a clone of the of the character you're playing the, in the game because they wanted to replicate uh, your character's power, basically. Um, that, and they were utilizing her. So uh, for a lot of the game, I couldn't understand why in between cuts, she was like she kept on look she kept looking different in between scenes but like she but like some of the looks were like she had a hood on then she had a hood off then a hood on then a hood off and a hood on hood off and then i read why that happened and that's because because she was a clone and she was literally whatever she was referencing at the time like she was basically absorbing from whatever that was next to her and becoming that version from different people's perspectives, then they were viewing her in different light. Um, and so when you're from the hero's perspective, she becomes the f- like the friend of the hero, Roxas. Um, Jeon and Roxas look at each other the same way Sora and Kairi do. Um, they, they are friends and they hang out and they make jokes and they eat ice cream and all that stuff. And from the villainous perspective, she like still has the cloak on a lot of the time. But they, they do that in between cuts of a single scene, depending on what perspective of the scene you're reading, to talk about how uh, fr- like different people can take different forms depending on who you are. And uh, you, you will show different sides to yourself depending on who you're talking to. Mm. Um, King Watts is really queer. <laughs> King Watts is like really gay. Um, <laughs> And I think that's, uh, you know, I'm not saying you can't enjoy that game if you're straight, but I'm saying like you, you put yourself into that game more and you can read yourself into that game more mm. when you live through some of those experiences. Mm. Um, like I, I act far more gay when I'm around other queer people. Um, and I act far more straight when I'm acting when I'm with straight people. It's just a it's a it's a mode swap almost. Um, and Kingdom Hearts does that like to like the <laughs> Kingdom Hearts does that to the literal degree. Of course um, it does. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is really fun. And one of the one of the main reasons that game is is very it's 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 fun to connect to that game because there's you can read into yourself a lot into that game. Um, yeah, it, I, what I'm saying is, like, if if you if you want to give up on the franchise, <laughs> hey, it's <laughs> so much more than I ever thought you were gonna play. Um, uh, I remember like 2D getting through one, playing through all of one, and then when uh, when he finished one, I said, okay, I know you're exhausted from playing one. Play five minutes of two. Like, go into my save, play five minutes of Kingdom Hearts two right now, and then see how you feel. And he immediately played to the smoothness of the gameplay of two, um, the character controls, all of that stuff. Like it, it's just like, fuck that game is so much better. Like that game is almost an eclipse of the first game in terms of like gameplay and the feel of that series. Um, mm. So I hear, I think I'll, uh, my, my projector is like broken at the moment. And that's like the main way I was like ingesting that game. So like, we'll, we'll, we'll take me a while before I'm back. I think I need a break as well. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was going to dive deep into like, like how that like me thinking about like reading into texts and like it going over my head. Like I had this big discussion with Sam about it as well. He was talking about like how I've studied things at school and like how 
things but like it it like like that that conversation made me analyze myself to the degree where i was like having like a mini existential crisis that next morning um yeah that's but Hearts, baby <laughs> i think i think we've had enough for now <laughs> i think we'll wrap this up there um i'm glad i got to finally have this conversation with you jeremy with words that are spoken rather than words that are typed <laughs> I, I have one one more question during me saying that only queer people like Kingdom Hearts. Does that make you at all a little bit more like? No, hmm. no, it is still anime. <laughs> no, not at all. I have to say, you you did say that, Jeremy, you know, and I told you know what you know what put me off. Like I've only seen like very small amount of Kingdom Hearts actually being played, and I think I know all it all be. it took was fucking Donald Duck opening his mouth, and that was <laughs> it. I'm never ne- that was enough. My trailer! Oh, stop. <laughs> It's it's stupid. Well, gosh. You can't have you can't have Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck in the same world as fucking Cloud Strife. It's just you just can't do it. That's the anyway, bit that sent that. me and, as well. And the I was fucking like, podcast. They they never explained why Disney is in this. They never explain. It's just you're with Sora, and then all of a sudden you're with Donald and Goofy, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, we need to go find the king, Donald." I mean, Goofy, I, yeah, Donald. Okay, <laughs> do you want them to spend an hour talking about why they're in the same world or you can just yes. like move really? Yes. That sounds awful. That sounds like a terrible fucking It's story. terrible the way it is anyway. No, Cuz it just happens least... and I don't care. I like why <laughs> is this like I it, wanted to care. Just, it, I wanted to care and they gave me no reason. It happening and them going deal with it is the is maybe the best decision that entire series has done instead of them having to make this roundabout story that is lost and silly and trite about why they're together when they can just go like, hey, this is this world. You know? It would be like if them... It would be like if they had to... If they had to come up with a reason why you fight you fight Rambo in, in fucking Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> I guess. It, it, would, it would be like that. Like, you don't need it. I want it. <laughs> they, I wanted a reason to care, and they didn't give me one. Not yet. I'll get. I'll. I'll. I'll get. I'll get there. But my sign off for Kingdom Hearts One is. It ain't all that. Out of yeah, ten, what, a, are you, what are you giving it? Out of ten. Four and a half. Like, yeah, like I only, I only give that game like a seven. Maybe a four. <laughs> no, no, four and a half. Four and a half to five because, because. The Disney stuff honestly does carry it. That's the that's the meat and potatoes of that game. It's like, oh wow, I'm getting to talk to Genie and Aladdin and and Jasmine's mm. here too. And it's like, oh, if you care about Little Mermaid, then great. If you care about Nightmare Before Christmas, then great. If you care about Tarzan, then great. But considering like, that Aladdin was like literally the only world I cared about there, it was like Like they're good realizations of those worlds. Like yeah. the characters are like they like they're immediately recognizable. There's no like, oh, that's like, that's beast. Um, the 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 weakest part about those parts of the game is they don't connect with the main part of the game much. There's like yep. the Princess of Heart thing, but it's pretty loose. Yeah. Um, in two, they are uh, immediately connected. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking like forward it's, it's to the point. these games making a case for themselves for me, but I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> And I'll get I'll get to it in no like one, no a one while. <laughs> like Kingdom Hearts One has exhausted me with many late night Discord typeathons. I appreciate your dedication to give it a shot, though, Kerry. Yeah, 
Thanks. I don't know if I appreciate it for myself yet, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> so, so, so you're going to make a guide in it? No. <laughs> well, that was the thing that did it. It was like, I was like, oh, mate, I'll get it. It's kind of cheap right now. There's a guide I could make for it for this freelance thing I'm doing. And by the time I decided to start the game, the guide had already been made and published by someone else. <laughs> um, but God, I'm so glad I didn't have to do that. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Thank you for indulging us this big Kingdom Hearts discussion, June and the audience. <laughs> um, thank you for going through this journey with me, Jeremy. I look forward to going on these next steps with you as well in whatever forms they may take. And uh, I look forward to doing it I think you should stream too. Stream too? Fuck. We'll see. We'll see. I might, I I might stream fun. the start, but... Oh. We'll see. Um... Thank you everyone so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed what we have been doing today in this podcast or any of our previous podcasts, we look forward to our Game Club podcast for Soma or our to-be-released Pecking Order podcast ranking the kissability of pop culture characters, uh, which is coming soon, TBD, uh, TM, copyright, trademark, something, uh, then you should follow us at minimap.com.au. You can find all of our stuff there. You can follow the Minimap Twitter account at MinimapAU. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash MinimapAU. There's a cool few neat benefits there. We're going to shake those up a bit recent uh, in the coming days. Some of those benefits are going to become cheaper. Some are going to get cycled into other ones and stuff like that. So watch out for a reshuffle of the Patreon soon. Um, and I feel like there's something else I needed to say. Oh, and also for this minimap cast, we also wanted to thank Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv for the music for the minimap cast. You can go to shook.bandcamp.com to listen to all of their music. It's fantastic. We really like it. I recommend you give it a go. Um, June, where can they find you on Twitter? June is J-U-N underscore E-double-S. Jeremy, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, the Travis Town accessory shop. <laughs> oh, God. With Sid. Yeah, with Sid. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and it's uh, you can find me at kj farmer underscore twenty four, uh, quote tweeting at Obi Wan Jez when I hate <laughs> everything that I'm playing. Um, uh, I think that's about it. Thanks so much for listening. Get ready for the next gen impressions that we're coming out in two weeks, and then slightly after two weeks. And until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. May your heart be your guiding key. <laughs> oh, this is a heartless world. And that means if it dies, we'll be sent back to... We don't belong here because we have hearts, you huh? <laughs>